30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? Welcome to another episode of the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host, the Duke of Nerds, the sweet tea of the Nerdy South, Tyler Mack. And joined by the co-host, the podfather of 30 and Nerdy, the juice is loose. He's freshly squeezed, the doctor of nerdonomics, the man about town, the, you know... I've been trying to think of what to, another little nickname to give you, and it's just not. You forgot vengeance. Vengeance. Yes. <laughs> he is vengeance. Dr. Davis, how are you? Hey, man. You know, in a world where there's wars going on and people fleeing for their lives and being separated from their children and all these other awful things going on, I really can't complain one bit. Yeah. That's how I'm feeling right now. So it's been hard for me to stay off social media and say like the very privileged Americans complaining about gas prices right now when there are people literally dying and being separated from their families like, oh, no, the worst problem we have right now is gas is going up. You know, you, 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 I see all the complaining on social media about gas prices, and it just, it's so hard for me not to go, you privileged little thing, you. I am so actually, sorry. I haven't, actually, I haven't seen a lot of that myself, but uh, my social media presence is like, yeah, real low key. <laughs> so, yeah, which is good. Know, it's a smart but, thing. But yeah, how are you? I'm good, man. Today, I didn't have to work. So it was kind of a lazy day. You know, been looking forward to this talk, getting to talk a little bit about the Batman. Now, obviously, we're not going to talk really any spoilers because I feel like this one's kind of like No Way Home. It's very special to the point where we're going to wait a little longer than the regular embargo before we talk any spoilers. But at the same time, like this is one that's sort of hard to spoil. Like it's 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 very different than what we've been sort yeah. of accustomed to with superhero movies over the last several years. Like. Yeah. There's not this big, you know, ooh, everybody's worried about spoilers because there's really yeah. not anything like that, you know? Like, yeah. this is very grounded, like, 
yeah. you know, detective Batman story, you know. Um, and th- maybe there's a couple things here and there. Not There's not like anything that I think is like going to make or break it for people. You know what I mean? Yeah. But other than that, um, this week we both got to see uh, your Jefferson County High Schools um, this past weekend. The, the amazing show that they put on. They did uh, the big senior musicale, uh, The Drowsy Chaperone. Uh, so if you are listening, uh, and you listen to this podcast and you were part of that cast, fantastic job, everyone, seriously, amazing job, a lot of talent all around your boy Cole stole the show with (laughs) his trail of Adolfo. Wow. We got some really incredibly talented kids out there. Just unbelievable. And you know, it's probably safe to say I might be a little bit biased, but I've seen a lot of productions in my day, right? But as far as like school level, you know, it's done in-house at the school productions. Yeah. Probably the best school production I've ever seen. If I'm lying, I'm flying and my feet are on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's one of the better high school productions I have ever seen in the the East Tennessee area. Um, and between the East and West that I've seen and a couple of Sevier County high school stuff that I saw. Uh, in my early college days and while I was living in Sevier County doing theater up there, that performance, man, I mean, the talent, the, 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 the set, the crew, production value, value, I mean, I had, I had never seen anything quite like it in a high school setting. Full disclosure, like this was not my production. I am the theater guy, but I don't, you know, this is a separate project. Uh, Yeah. Then, you know, I just was there as sort of like assistance when they needed yeah. me here and there. And then, of course, you know, I've had a lot of those kids in class and everything. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it was just absolutely incredible. So I'm, I'm glad we got to see it. Speaking of the arts, I'm finally going back to rehearsal tomorrow. <laughs> we have started our sword choreography or fight choreography. And they've been rehearsing the people who have the majority of the fights and I'm not in a sword fight till near the end. So it's like I'm not at rehearsal and it just feels weird because that's how it's been scheduled. But I'm excited to get a sword in my hand tomorrow and to start practicing that. That's a lot of fun. Other than that, as we said, we went to Chattanooga this past weekend and we had a lot of fun. It's always great when the six of us get together. I was really happy that we all got to do this again. Um, we got to eat Bollywood taco, which I still think is the best taco I've ever had in my life. I thought they're just so good. Um, pretty good. They're pretty damn good. And uh, we, you stayed the night. You and Becky stayed in Chattanooga with with uh, at my brother's place with with us. And you know, we talked a little bit about the film, and we got to hang out with Logan and Peyton after the movie. And we all went out to eat and get wings and. Uh, it's always great, um, but it always feels like the anticipation up to it goes so slow and it's so awesome. And then the moment just flies by every time. And then we're gone. And then we're, you know, back to back to life, back to life, back, back to, to reality. The, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the opening week numbers. Uh, the opening weekend numbers for the Batman is at one hundred and thirty four million. As of as of Sunday. Okay. That's insane. It's pretty good. 
the Batman's 134 million opening weekend. Uh, it actually makes it the biggest opening in 2022 so far. The fifth biggest opening for a DC comic. The third biggest in the DCEU. And third for a solo Batman film. WV's first movie to cross 100 million since 2017's It. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, when you put it that way, that's that shows a lot. Yeah. I mean, DC, you know, not just DC movies, but mostly Warner Brother movies don't see those kind of opening weekends. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, congratulations. I think it's well deserved. Biggest opening weekend of 2022 so far. I mean, it is just March. <laughs> I would imagine that come May, <laughs> there may be a bit of a, an, a a different story happening. I would imagine Multiverse will probably beat that opening. Probably weekend. blow it out of the water. Yeah. yeah. And it's the second biggest opening weekend for a pandemic era release. That's great numbers, you know. We joke a lot, DC guy, Batman guy. That's great to see. That makes me excited. That makes me extremely happy. The one thing I do want to talk about is we had a discussion in the group, and I had this discussion with Brian at work. Some of the preview ratings that some people like professional Rotten Tomatoes bloggers that got to go to premieres and then they would like rate it and review it on Rotten oh, Tomatoes. We're going with this. So I have no problems with someone, you know, just not liking it as much as like The Dark Knight or, you know, but to say something like if you if you're going to this Batman movie for up upbeat superhero movie, then this isn't the movie. For, it's Batman. Like, yeah, you not yeah. read the comic? Did you not see any of the others? It's dark. It's gritty. Well, yeah, it's Batman. Like, yeah. it just baffles me that still to this day, after how many Batman movies we've had that have went in a darker turn since Schumacher's debacle, we've gotten darker and darker. And more Batman fans and DC fans and all that are like, this is how it's supposed to be. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. This yeah, is what we I want. agree. I agree. Um, and I guess I also have an issue with the profile of said professional movie raider and movie reviewer saying Marvel fangirl on her profile, which just makes it look even more like, okay, obviously you're not going to like it as much as some upbeat things. Cause, and this is, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, to start a thing here. I just, it baffles me that some people are still shocked about how dark Batman's stories are and DC in general can be. And also, I guess a lot of the people who are loving this Batman and, and again, I don't want to start anything. If you are, tired of this movement and you were listening to this this is just me making a point for them the same people praising this dark and gritty movie didn't like snyder's or batfleck's take because it was dark and gritty some of the things they were saying against batman when it was atfleck and snyder 
are praising it this one for being dark and gritty. It's like, well, the last one was dark and gritty and, and you didn't like it as much, but this one's dark and gritty and it's receiving all this praise. It just baffles me that it's like, was it really the Snyder of it? Was it the Ben Affleck of it? Was it the... They're just very different styles, though. Like I guess this one was very grounded. I mean, this was very reality-based. Like, yes, this almost wasn't a superhero movie. No. It just happened to have characters we know from comic books, you know? This could easily be we talked about this like this isn't a spoiler right like his technology while is you know it's impressive and everything it's not like all space age you know thousands of buttons and gears and things that we don't understand doesn't look like the you know the bridge of a star destroyer like some of his stuff is in a lot of the other versions of batman right like this is a dude who's got a lot of money who's got some high-tech stuff and learns how to work work it to his advantage yes. and go solve but he's not the master of it and and i knew we were getting like year two but even his year two as compared to bell's year one in batman begins bell seemed a little bit better at it at being batman like he fell a couple times or he didn't did this right but this Batman is not really good at what he does yet. <laughs> yeah, oh, he crashed and burned <laughs> a lot, it. and I loved the aspect of it. I but, like that. Th- I hadn't thought a lot about it actually until uh, you know, just actually a couple hours ago. I was thinking about it uh, that he is making mistakes. He's young, right? Yeah. And then as we progress, you know, apparently we're getting three of these things. So as we progress, you know. He can get a little bit better, and you know that that's that's realistic. That's grounded in reality, and that's I'm here. Very realistic, and I'm kind of hoping that he bolts up a little bit more as we go along. Yeah, um, which it is, didn't bother me that he wasn't this yeah. time around. He's young; it's okay. Uh, I loved the the realness of it. I loved how it was grounded. It was very seven, very Godfather, very you know horror movie, thriller, real life, scary stuff. Yeah. Uh, a feel-good movie, this was not. And As a normal, regular superhero movie, this is not. This isn't yeah, flashy explosions, space fights. Um, and, and I think that's that's a good thing. You know, I think that's a really good thing because we have been so conditioned over the last few years to expect bigger picture. How's it connecting? What's the big reveal? What's the big surprise? What's that thing that you don't want spoiled? What's that moment? And that's that's great. We love that, obviously, you know, and that still works. But at what point do you get to the point where we've hit the peak and we can't ever do that again? Because we thought we've had it multiple times so far, but we're we're getting more and more and more. Eventually, that's going to stop. It's like I talked to you the other night about compared to wrestling, because, you know, through the years that we've been wrestling has been a part of our friendship. Yeah. I've always been like the guy that loved the cruiserweight division. And, you know, back in the WCW days, I loved the cruiserweights and, and all of that stuff. And I just wanted that, that back. Right. And then now <laughs> we've gotten to a point where all these young guys who did stuff on trampolines and pools and played the video games, all they do, it's flip, dive, jump, finisher, dodge, reverse. Over and, over, over and over again. And it's like, okay, well now everybody's doing it the whole time. It's not as special. Uh, it's not as special. So I like that, you know, we go into this 
with a totally different mm-hmm. mindset, totally different expectation. And it worked. It was just a really great, you know, s- story on its own, even though we know it's connecting to more. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously we weren't like slapping each other and freaking out and our minds weren't blown the whole time, but that's okay. It didn't have to be that way. We enjoyed it, you know, yeah. a lot for what it was. And I, agree. And, and I know that I've enjoyed a movie when like I lay there at night trying to go to sleep and I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And I think about it a lot over the next few days, you know, I'm really reflecting on it and I've done that. And now I am looking forward to seeing it again. I'm not going to go back to the theaters to see it. It's coming to HBO Max in like a month and a half or something. I'll hold out until then. Um, But I am looking forward to seeing it again. So as for ratings, I think we had talked and I had kind of typed up like what I would rank it on. Directing, plot, acting, score, editing, action, pace. So let's say directing. What do you give it? You know, I don't know because I didn't really think about that yeah. as we watched it. Uh, but, you know, but nothing stood out one way or the other to me about it. So yeah. I'll say like a. If I ha- do, I have to do a ranking out of ten. Can we not no. say like A, B, no. or C? Yeah, D, A, B, or C. Yeah, do it the teacher style. Yeah, teacher style. Oh, then I'll, in that case, I'll give it an A. Right. Yeah. Is there anything that you would not give an A? Plot. No, plot definitely is an A. I thought acting. I would, I would say that was an A. Yeah, and, and on the acting, uh, me and Becky, your wife, have a, a fellow friend that we went to high school with. He put out this big spoiler-free review right. um, on Facebook. And I'd have to say, like, sitting through the movie, I started to disagree with him. Uh, he said that it took him half of the movie before he believed in Probably Pattinson yeah. as Bruce and Batman. It didn't take long for me. No, no me neither. I thought everyone was believable. Yeah. And I was surprised at how much I loved Colin Farrell. I thought Penguin was great. Oh, so. Really loved him. And like we like in comic book movies, it's something we haven't seen. Yeah. It's a take we haven't seen. Riddler and Penguin. You and I are, we both love the the Cockney, you know. Video game. And the video game, Arkham game, uh, Penguin. That's probably my favorite version of Penguin. Yeah. Um, but you know, this one was not that he had, he had little pieces of, of maybe all of them or, yeah. or many of them, you know, and I liked it a lot. Yeah. I liked that aspect. And, uh, and I was amazed at the fact that like, if I had watched this movie without knowing that that was Colin Farrell and you said, Hey, guess who that is? You know who he is. Yeah. I would never, ever, ever, ever have figured it out. Yeah, I'd have called you a lot. Bravo to the uh, <laughs> makeup department, special effects, all those people. Bravo. Incredible. Uh, so score. What do you think of the score? Uh, you know, to me, the score was sort of like forgettable. Yeah. Um, I didn't pay much attention to it. So I'm going to say like a, like a, a C, like average. See, I'd probably give it a B because there were moments of the score that really stuck out. And I thought some of the original score plus the use of Nirvana in it was brilliant okay now that okay yeah so i'm thinking if you include like whole soundtrack including Mm -hmm. that stuff then that helps it a lot because like that nirvana song was perfect yeah and who'd ever thought that nirvana in a way it's like why why did no one ever use this before this is so perfect for like a desperate like dark Gotham city that is just falling apart and miserable you know like it was perfect is so great. What about the editing? Uh, a. 
Everything seemed fun. Yeah, I'd give it an A. Action was great. Um, when there was action, because in all honesty, there was less action than this than probably any other Batman movie. I love the merciless beatdowns. Very uh, unforgiving. We it was very, it felt Arkham video game because your beatdowns in Arkham video games are merciless, are like yeah. heavy handed. And, you know, those, those moves should kill someone, but they're not. Yeah. Uh, what about the pace? I know we discussed a little bit about the yeah. pace. So, okay. So, you know, on the same token of what we were talking about with, you know, everyone's doing flips and dives and reversals and finishers all match long in wrestling and, you know, hitting a peak and when is it too much and all that, you know, for me pacing, I felt like it might've been a little long. Yeah. Um, and I felt like as dark as it was, and yes, I love that aspect of it. And I did expect that going, you know, going into it and I, I, I get it. But it was like every now and then I needed a, 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 a pick me up, you know, bring me back up just a little bit. And yeah. we had a, like maybe a handful of like slightly lighthearted moments. Yeah. Just like a little, huh, you know, <laughs> I, I, and I'm not saying it had to be like we got to have all the comic relief like Marvel. I'm not saying that by any means, but I don't know. I just it was just same tone. You don't, you don't get a release. There's not a lot of release. Yeah. Even when everything is successfully done and the city is quote unquote saved, there's still this like, oh man, things still kind of suck though. And it's still sad and dark. Uh, I will also say though, that the payoff of, you know, people not really trusting Batman and he, he's, People are afraid of him. Like, you know, the, he's uh, beat up the dudes in the alleyway. And then the guy that he saved was like, oh, please don't hurt me. Mm -hmm. Then at the end, you know, he's carrying people and helping them, you know, to to the paramedics and everyone's seeing him up there. That payoff was really, really yeah. nice. And I loved that part of it. So now, mm -hmm. like, as we go forward, we'll get to see a Gotham City who, you know, loves Batman, is thankful for Batman. You know, they see him go by and it's like, and like Spider-Man, you go Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, I want to see that kind of thing. Um, the hero and I know we especially loved the, the Mandalorian Western type feel like that long dark alleys where you don't see him, but you hear that yes. clunk. You clunk. hear his boots. Yes. There's a couple of shots. I won't say when, you know, but it's very low ground level. Yeah. And we're right there seeing his, his boots. Uh, yeah, that was very nice. So good. So good. Um, so, but I would, I would still probably even me have to give it a nine out of 10 because it's, it's probably the closest I've ever given something a 10 out of 10, but I don't know. I feel like the second I give something a 10 out of 10, I think it's crazy that you say you wouldn't give anything a 10 out of 10. Come on. Like you don't get princess bride a 10 out of 10. You don't give the Dark Knight a 10 out of 10? I don't know. I mean, and I think this is, I think I used to. And I think I started to become more cynical in my older age. <laughs> like, I used to leave things all the time. And like, oh, it's a 10 out of 10. Easily. Or that game's a 10 out of 10. Like, just because I loved it. But, like, I think I've become more analytical. But at the same time, less analytical than I was when we started this podcast. A 10 out of 10 every time? Four out of 10 exactly. times. 
exactly. <laughs> um, um, we are getting some spinoffs with Matt Reeves oh, yeah, at the yeah. helm. Yeah. Um, we are getting a uh, a GCPD spinoff that's been put on hold for now. Lord, uh, I think that's because they want to spend a little more time on the other spinoff they're doing. GCPD spinoff is supposed to have Matt Reeves return, sightings of the Batman by Pattinson, and Jeffrey Wright's Commissioner Gordon. And that's where we might start meeting these cops that we know, like Montoya, Harvey Bullock, and stuff like that. Look, I'm in. I'm I'm all for it. But, you know, the last time we got a a GCPD... I know you're not a fan of that. ...focused, (laughs) I thought man, this is really not that great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know you weren't yeah. a huge fan of Gotham in the early not, season. Not much at all. Not yeah. much at all. It had its moments where I really loved it and I was all in. And the kid that played the Joker from Shameless. Ah, awesome. A1, mm-hmm. egg sauce, right? Chef's kiss. Chef's Love kiss. it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be done a little better, though. Especially if you get some cameos and stuff by the Batman. Um, Because that show was a prequel with young Bruce. This would be like GCPD during the age of Batman. I think you're right. I think I'll enjoy it a lot more. Because it was like, hey, we know where we're going with this in in Gotham. We know where we're going. And we're going to really take a long time to get there. Yes. I don't know. I don't don't get me started on on Gotham. I have a lot of yeah, I don't have to be a whole nother show. <laughs> um, so the other spinoff we have, Matt Reeves has confirmed is the world of Arkham Asylum. Yes. And it would be a show that is like any, un, unlike any other and described it as a horror movie or haunted house. Give me poison Ivy in the uh, greenhouse place, the gardens, yes. whatever, just like in the Arkham games. In the botanical gardens. I want it. Um, I'm excited for that because between the GCPD show and this Arkham show, you can give us Batman villains that necessarily don't have to be in the movies. Yes. You can give us Hatter, Scarface, Croc, all, Firefly, all these movies that, well, we're just not going to have enough time for a trilogy to have all these rogues gallery because as we as we've said, Batman's probably the number one rogues gallery. You know, it's always like one and two with Spider-Man, Batman. Kind oh, of I, think, I think Batman's rogues gallery is way better than Spider-Man's. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So that's an opportunity to give us these rogues without necessarily saving them for big movie moments. I agree. I, I think uh, that's a, a good thing. But at the same time, how are we going to get Batman interacting with them. You know, Pattinson's not going to be in every episode. He's not going to be the focus. Like, you know, how's that going to work? And this might be where it it gets complicated. You know, like Batman can't be everywhere at once. So Gordon's got to step up. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. We could, we could get Dr. Harleen Quinzel, Mm -hmm. you know, Dr. Uh, Hugo Strange. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm all in for that. Yeah, absolutely. So needless to say, Matt Reeves has our vote of confidence uh, in this direction for the Batman universe, has our confidence. And uh, he's already said, and 
you know, that's that's just what it is. It's going to be a, a trilogy and some spinoff shows. No Superman, no Wonder Woman, no crossovers, no big universe built around Matt Reeves and Pattinson. Just here's our stories. That's great. I think it'll be good. Uh, the, the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy, which we're going to be revisiting mm-hmm. uh, sometime this year. Yes, we I'm are. Really excited about. You know, it was that way, too. Yeah. And we loved it. So yeah. I think it's OK. It, you know, it, not everything has to be that way. Do you love Marvel but are tired of hearing Cheeto-stained white guys talk about it? Are you hoping to see the X-Men and Avengers face off? Do you secretly want to be Jessica Jones or Daisy Johnson? Or do you want to be with Valkyrie? If so, you've found your new favorite podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And Madam Amy. And we are here to give you the commentary you want. Marvel. Minus the mansplaining. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at themarvelousmadams.com. Madams Assemble. Hey there, this is Neil Ward and I'm one of the lead actors of the film Hosts and you're listening to 30 and Nerdy. There was a little bit of... Something I wanted to discuss, uh, an interview with uh, Zoe Kravitz. Um, she sat down with the Observer. No. Um, Is this the one where uh, she talked about she, she wasn't even able to read for a part in The Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, it was for a part. And they said that they weren't going for an urban look. They were going for a more, I guess, Wall Street look for these actors and actresses. Less yeah. urban. Uh, She said, being a woman of color and being an actor and being told at that time that I wasn't able to read because of the color of my skin and the word urban being thrown around like that. That was what was really hard about that moment. Um, And I I hate to hear that because this wasn't, you know, 1999. This was 2012. This wasn't that long ago. She was amazing. Can't wait to see more of her. Um, and the last little bit of Batman I wanted to talk about is a friend of the show and a follower of the show at Mad Smilex on Twitter. Uh, she solved the riddle um, and sent it out. The code, uh, she finished cracking the code. It says, you think I'm finished, but perhaps you don't know the full truth. Every ending is a new beginning. Something is coming. And that is the riddle that we got. And that's the last little bit I want to talk about, Batman. The brilliance in that marketing alone. Your post-credit scene. Is a riddle. Is a riddle left by the Riddler that makes you go to a website and solve a series of riddles to get your post-credit message. Great. Really smart. So good. (laughs) Um, I love that stuff. I, w- I want to ask you a couple of questions before we move on. Okay. Question one. <laughs> Did you like it better than The Dark Knight? Because we were friends when The Dark Knight came out. We were we had known each other a while. We we yeah. you know, I remember the effect this movie had on us at that age. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I remember how many times I went to the theater to see it. Okay. Now, that being said, and also considering the fact that we are 
Oh gosh, when was that? Two thousand nine or something like that. Okay. Nine. Several years older and wiser and more mature yeah. and much busier men now. Uh, all that being considered, did you like it more than the Dark Knight? I I have thought to myself that this question is going to pop up. I didn't know it would pop up so soon. So thank you. Um, I don't know. I haven't sat around and thought about it, man. Like what would make me, I, you know how much of a Joker fan I am mm-hmm. and how much of a fan I am of Heath's performance. I think everyone is except for our old theater teacher. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but this Riddler man did something that we've never seen. And Matt Reeves have done something that we've never seen. And Pattinson is Batman and just the whole movie in general. Um, I don't know if I can tell you I liked it more. Um, I think I'd have to create two camps now for my favorite DC movie. I don't know how to word this. My favorite DC movie might be different than my favorite Batman movie. If that makes sense. Sure. Because okay. um, before this came out, I would tell you my favorite DC movie was The Suicide Squad. Maybe Birds of Prey. Um, maybe Shazam. I don't know. I mean, I haven't sat around and just tried to refigure out what we, my favorite we, we for sure loved the movie. I think we just loved it in a different way. You know. But I think if if roles were reversed and Matt Reeves changed the game in 2008, 2009, whenever with Heath Ledger's Joker or with this movie and this movie was Heath Ledger's Joker and Christopher Nolan, we may be saying that that movie Pattinson back in 2009 or whatever, it might be just a story of we got to it first. It'll always have a place here because it happened at a certain time in our lives. For me, for me, the answer is no. Okay. You know, like if I had to pick, this is the only Batman under the umbrella of Batman movie that you can watch for the rest of your life. I'm Mm. choosing the Dark Knight. Yeah, I'm still choosing Dark Knight. So that's the answer for me. That's a good way to word it. Yeah. So like if you were to do that for Superman, I would probably say Man of Steel. This is the only Superman movie you can watch. Or this is the only I mean, X-Men you, movie you can watch for the rest Justice of your life. League count for Superman, though? See, that's, that's I don't know. I don't know what crossovers I mean, count. Because if not, then, yeah, I got to say Man is still too. <laughs> um, but I don't know, man. I mean, that's, that's a great question. I, I think I'm, I'm with you. Uh, Dark Knight will always be my number one. And this one is guys, This is probably guys who grew up seeing empire strikes back in theaters okay are never as much as they love anything else gonna say that anything was better than that right you know that's just a maybe a weak comparison but you know you get the idea but i would say dark knight is our empire question two okay or more i don't know this is like a mixture of comment and question a couple years ago two guys started a podcast you know, called 30 and 30. I know. I know where this is going. And I mean, this was like a couple months, three, four months in. 
And my wonderful co-host here sat down with me, had a prepared statement, I'll tell you, prepared statement to share with the world about how upset he was that Robert Pattinson had been chosen, or maybe even just in talks at the time. He was just in talks. Of playing the uh, world's greatest detective, Batman. (laughs) And he said, you know, so-and-so, a rock would make a, uh, not the rock, a rock on the ground would make a better uh, Batman than Robert Pattinson. I would make a better Batman than Robert Pattinson. And so on and so forth. And I just sat there and said, no, okay. I think my exact words were, do you feel better now? Now, fast forward, Tyler. What are your thoughts? I have never been more happy to be wrong. I truly am very happy that I was so wrong. Um, and that's one of the first examples I will say on I've changed since season one a lot. Yeah. Um, because that Tyler more open minded right? now. Yeah, a lot more open-minded because that Tyler was a very cynical and somewhat of a nerd Nazi about a lot of things. And the show is definitely, you have definitely, Logan, Maddie, my family, the stuff that's come out. I think over the last few years since our first season, I've become a better nerd. (laughs) So um, definitely no longer part of the fandom menace for Robert Pattinson. Good, good. He deserves man. I really felt that way. You, know, like, you, yeah. don't, you don't want to be judged for the rest of your life on one thing. And, you know, he wasn't even bad at that one thing, the Twilight stuff. No. He wasn't even bad at it. Just, you know, no. people, a lot of people hated all that stuff. Yeah. And I understand that, you know. So he, he deserved a chance. And I thought he was great. I yeah. really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to the future of this whole franchise. I am too. I am too. Any other questions? Hmm, I think that's it. Sweet. But uh, if I have more, I'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs> catch you on that. Uh, so a little bit of news going on. Uh, have you heard about this? Uh, Anthony Starr, Homelander himself, <laughs> got arrested. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Homelander, how could you do this? <laughs> In full character, I guess. Uh, have you heard this? Have you read about this? Yeah, you know, some people like... <laughs> You remember when Winona Ryder got arrested for shoplifting in L.A. and she's like, oh, I'm preparing for a role. Yeah. Some people take it a little too far. Yeah. This is the example of too far. No, actually, uh, I heard he was drunk. He was drunk. Yeah. In what, Venezuela? Yeah, he was in Spain. Spain. Okay, yes. sorry. So he, the judge luckily took into account the fact that he was inebriated. Um, but and his... Out in public, he was in an establishment, right? He was in an establishment, which I guess is still um, public. But the sentence uh, he spent like it got suspended. He should have, you know, gotten two years or so, but everything got taken into account. Um, one of the things he said to this poor chef was, "You don't know who you've messed with." You don't know who I am and what you've done. You have committed the mistake of your life, pal. And I'm going to look for you. I want to kill you. <laughs> he said that. 
I wonder what the guy did. Like, did he find a, a, a hair in his in his spaghetti or something? I don't know what he did. I guess they're probably not having spaghetti. He there, spent like he spent like two hours in a holding. I saw he yeah. had to pay dude like a pretty hefty. Yeah, seven four seven grand something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Amazon has not made a statement yet. No, and he hasn't either. Right? No, it's pretty embarrassing. No. Maybe they're hoping that people will just forget about it and they're just going to let it you know, fly into the radar for a little bit. And then when yeah. season three comes out, they'll be like, hey, hey, what hey. happened? Here's Homelander. Because <laughs> um, I saw him at Comic-Con in a panel in New York. And right. it didn't strike me as the kind of guy that would do that. <laughs> First off, he came out in a ridiculous tracksuit, so... <laughs> Uh, just didn't strike me. No, as I don't know. Come on. That should have been your first clue. This <laughs> is definitely a guy that would punch somebody in a restaurant. If you wear a tracksuit to a restaurant, you're up to no good, sir. <laughs> I can tell by looking at you. Um, I didn't, I didn't send you this, but I just wanted to get your opinion on, about it. Cause I think we both have seen this and used to talk about it quite a bit. Do you see the sequel news time legend? I don't think so. So, uh, Will Smith is returning to be in and produce alongside Michael B. Jordan. The script has not been started on yet, um, but yeah, I okay. am too. Uh, I guess we didn't see the body. I'm a big fan of Will Smith, so I will watch most anything that that he's in. Agreed. By the way, uh, if you have not seen it, if you're ever looking for like a nice drama um, with, you know, a couple of cool twists and turns there, uh, definitely check out Collateral Beauty with Will Smith. Oh, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll, I'll probably watch it, whatever it is, but I will say this. I saw the first I Am Legend one time, one time only, and I'll never watch it again because that scene with the dog absolutely ruined me. As long as I don't do another dog scene. If uh, The minute I see a dog or a puppy or something <laughs> in that movie, I'm getting up and walking. I'll tell you that right now. Start shouting at the screen. You better not harm that freaking dog. Will Smith, I walk out this theater right now. That's <laughs> A little bit of news that I did tell you about. Uh a little report and post came from that Kevin Smith on Instagram. Hey, kids, as he would say. Hey, hey, at Love Jay and man. Silent Bob Stash is not just selling comic books anymore. Now we're making comic books, too. I'm excited and excited to announce Secret Stash Press, a new line of comics. I'm launching exclusively with those publishing legends at Dark Horse Comics. We'll be making comics, publishing my old scripts with new, cool, new art, making tie-in toys with our titles, and doing uh, signings at cons and your local comic book shop throughout the country. Secret Stash Press launches with two new books this fall, and our inaugural comic book will be called Masquerade, a book about a fledgling vigilante. Written by me and noted Bird Brother at MT Verbal. I don't know who that is. Um, with amazing art, and he goes on. Then the then they are going to launch Quick Stops, an anthology book featuring a rotating roster of artists 
starring all my characters from across the viewist universe. So Kevin Smith is now fulfilling his dream of having his own comic book line. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. It's been said many times, old times throughout the course of this this show. Love the <laughs> man. Love this man. Okay, and I will definitely read anything that that they put out. Yeah, but you know why I'm also a terrible Kevin Smith fan? Can I tell you the one thing about Kevin Smith that just makes me roll my eyes? I know it's like his brand and everything. I get it, but like everything comes back to Clerks. And, you know, I understand why. Obviously, I understand why. That was his first thing. That was what launched. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But good Lord, man. You mean he, when he's talking he, like, well, when we were making clerks. Everything. Everything is clerks, clerks, clerks. And can I be honest? Another reason why I'm not a good Kevin Smith fan, even though I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan, I don't really like the first clerks that much. I'm not a huge fan of the first clerks movie. I like the second one better. Yeah. I mean, it's black and white. It's the early 90s. It's his first movie. I love it for what it is. I have the special anniversary from like 10 years ago DVD set. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a fan of his universe. Yeah. But I mean, I get it. I understand. What's the dude's name in the second one that they work with the kid that talks about pillow pants? Elias. (laughs) He's my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> Please, yeah, Randall, Randall, say all you want about Jesus. Just leave the rings alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, that's cool. That's good for Kevin. And I'll, that's, that's I'll awesome. Walking Dead has spawned a series of spinoffs. Now, Fear of the Walking Dead has actually become better than the actual Walking Dead. I have not watched Worlds Divide or Worlds Depart or whatever the newest one is with all the young adults. And I know that we have a spinoff with Daryl and Carol coming. The spinoffs. Well, we also have a new announcement that Negan and Maggie are getting a spinoff show. At least a 10 episode arc for the first season, late 2023. Your thoughts. When's the last time you truly can say you sat down and watched The Walking Dead? Like, what's the last thing you remember? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who's that guy with the one eye, the governor? (laughs) Probably, like, three episodes after Rick left. Um, It was... The future, like, yeah, Judith was like uh, seven or eight years old. Okay, that that era, right in there, and then I gave up, and that was when Emma had just first come along. So yeah. you know, I was busy, uh, but God, and I was a huge fan early on in the Walking oh, Dead. But yeah, the thought of sitting down and trying to catch up on that, and I'd watched like half of the first season of Fear the Walking Dead. I didn't, I never continued with that. All the things like I imagine that me trying to catch up on that and supernatural is how people who haven't seen the Marvel stuff <laughs> or Star Wars or anything look at that. Like, what? Oh, no, I'll never be able to understand or catch up. 
Yeah, but The Walking Dead was killing me, man. The pacing was just so, so slow. You know, yeah. I just, yeah. can we move on? That's that's how I felt all the time. Yeah. The whole, like, we were looking forward to Negan for so long, and he's he was great. He's great. Yeah. He is whatever. I don't know what they're doing with him now, but I loved him. He was perfect. He's a good guy. And it was just so slow. Like, we know the war is coming. We know, we know, we know. But it, I feel like it took, like, two seasons to even get to that point. Hmm. So, I don't know. For me, I just lost interest. I understand. So, I, am I going to watch the spinoffs? Most likely, no. Probably I'm going to go and read the summaries on Wikipedia of how the whole thing turns out. Yeah. You know, I just I understand. Or at least read up until the series finale and then maybe I'll watch that. You know, yeah. Just know what's happening. Yeah. I did watch the last few seasons of Fear the Walking Dead and they've been phenomenal. I mean, they've been, just been amazing. Um, and like I said, I didn't watch the other spinoff with the young kids or the college age kids. And I don't know. I really love Daryl. I mean, Daryl used to be a Daryl dies. We riot. Yep. Type of oh, thing. Yeah. I was, I was a, a, a part of that club. Yeah. Yeah. Daryl was the guy. And then, then I just feel like walking dead as a, in general, stopped taking chances. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's, a, that's killing, a I mean, they stopped killing people. They knew that we'd miss. I lost the, feeling of like anticipation yeah. man that was a show that used to talk about getting emotional reactions you know like the when they lost battle at the herschel's head that dude i lost sleep over herschel and i knew that it was going to happen because i read the comics and everything i oh that that killed me but that whole last battle like when they finally got governor yeah i jumped up out of my seat I was clapping my hands. I I was having a party, you know, and I love feeling like that. I love being so invested in yeah. a show or a movie or whatever it is. You know, I, I love that for me. That's what it's all about, you know, and, and you're right. It's like they stopped taking chances and we just lost that. Yeah. And I'm sure there's people out there who are still all in for it. And that's awesome. I'm happy for them. Yeah. You know, I just don't see I don't see it. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'm just not giving it a fair chance, but I just don't. Nothing about it right now is appealing to like pulling me back in. I understand. That's the last of it. Before we take a quick break, I want to talk to you about a nerd word. Nerdiosyncratic. Nerdiosyncratic is a term to describe a nerd who is reserved to one branch of nerd culture only. Uh, some nerds fall into one specific branch of nerd culture. I've known some Star Wars nerds that don't dabble in anything like Lord of the Rings, comic books, Harry Potter. It's just Star Wars, just Star Wars. And then there's some nerdiosyncratic people who it's all about anime. They they trash comic book movies. They trash Lord of the Rings, but they love their anime. So that's your nerd vocabulary word for this episode. Nerdiosyncratic. And it's okay to be that, you know, there are all kinds of nerds in the nerdiverse and there is room for all kinds of nerds. But in my personal belief, if you're nerdiosyncratic, you close yourself off to such a big world out there. Yeah. Like, like when you close yourself off to actors potentially playing roles in the future and then you one day love them. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> 
Hey, sure. yeah, what's the, what, what's the count now total of all the nerd words in the past oh my three God. years or whatever? I don't know. You know. We need to we need to figure it out because you know this just in being published in 2023, Nerdster's Dictionary version Are you one. Kidding me? By us. Oh. <laughs> I, I was about to hit the roof. I was gonna go no. We're gonna have a nerd no. explosion. Uh, oh, oh my god, dude! I almost went. Who's been taking my ideas? We better patent that bad boy fast. We better patent and we better general patent that thing right now. I I might just do that. Put it all in alphabetical and just keep like a log of it and print it up and put it in a binder and the end section will be quite lengthy because most of them do start with <laughs> it's true that's very true we, um, went, we went from a to n <laughs> w and that was the end that was the whole dictionary <laughs> the other tabs are quite empty but that end section oh yeah it's very Huge. healthy <laughs> a lot of paper a lot of paper in that end section. Uh, so that's your nerd vocabulary word. Uh, we are going to step away, take a quick break. When we get back, we are talking. We're celebrating Women's Appreciation Month here at the show. And with Batman coming out and with more DC com- content on the way, we thought we would celebrate some of the our top women, one of the greatest women factions in DC Comics, the Gotham City Sirens. We're going to be talking about their stories, their members, all that fun stuff, best moments, maybe our favorites. And we will get to that when 30 and 30 podcast returns. Encore is continuing their exciting 16th season with The Magician's Nephew by Arndt Harris and based on the fantasy classic by C.S. Lewis. This production runs March 18th through the 26th at Encore's new home, at Oak Tree Plaza, 1570 Buffalo Trail in Morristown, Tennessee. For tickets to this show or season tickets for the entire year, go to etcplays.org or call 423-813-8331. Encore Theatrical Company believes in the power of the arts, and if you come check out what Encore has to offer, we're certain you will too, because it's not just theater, it's Encore. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Established in the summer of 2015, Tennessee Legend Distillery is more than just another moonshine stop in the Smoky Mountains. From our multi-award winning silky smooth salted caramel whiskey to our King Snake two-year-old bourbon whiskey, our local favorite vodka, and even our legendary line of cream liqueurs, there is something for everyone. Focusing on a small town vibe, our family and friend owned and operated business has kept us grounded to the heritage of the volunteer state with our fun, courteous, and smiling staff. Come in for free tastings and leave with your spirit of choice, whether it be Richard's Damn Good Gin or the legendary Hammershine. You can find us on social media by searching Tennessee Legend Distillery, where you can see behind the scenes features new deals, and our always fan-favorite Thirsty Thursday cocktail recipes. Now we do have two locations here in Sevierville, 
one on Highway 66, one on Newport Highway. We also have locations in Cookville and Nashville. If you do visit our Cerebral location located at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway, tell them the guys at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. You'll receive a free shot glass and 15% off your purchase. What are you waiting for? Come be a legend at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds. minute rescue it was very heroic it was under control <laughs> sure it was now be a good damsel and bestow a kiss on your gallant hero and we're back welcome back nerds to the 30 nerdy podcast and it's our breakdown segment of the show where we're talking about the gotham city sirens that's harley quinn poison ivy and catwoman catwoman yes selena kyle um, Three of the best. Yeah. Like bad nerds, we haven't exactly read every bit of the Gotham City, all 24 issues of the Gotham City yeah, Sirens. Like we more perused. Two or three into it. Yeah. Uh, we did a little perusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some cliff note perusing mm-hmm. as well as individual comic stuff. You can find some bootlegged stuff of people who have they're narrating the comic on YouTube. Yeah. And like I've just flipping through and stuff like yeah. that. So I did watch some of those. It's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know how they get away with that. Well, they don't show the full thing. They just show like a few images here and there. Yeah. You know, um, I'm sure, I'm sure there's loopholes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been reading some of it on the Comixology app, which uh, highly recommend to mm-hmm. people out there. It's like a six or $7 a month prescription subscription. Sorry. And, um, it's a prescription for more yeah. comic books. And uh, there's just about anything you want on there. Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, anything, you know, uh, mm-hmm. all brands. So I was reading a little bit of it. I got like three issues in. I was really enjoying it, especially when I realized that Riddler was a part of the story. Yeah. That, that was a good stuff. really nice surprise for me. So I'm really excited about this because one thing I love about the breakdown segment is sometimes we cover topics that we aren't exactly experts on. It's like, yeah, yeah, we know Poison Ivy and we know Catwoman and we know Harley Quinn, of course, but you know, this story and, and, and and this team up, we don't know as much about. And so we're going to get to learn about it too. Individually, probably very few people, whether you're a nerd or not, have not at least heard of the word Catwoman or Harley Quinn, especially today and age. Harley Quinn is, Huge. Well, Margot Robbie, I mean, yeah. that's like mainstream. So. But it was uh, kind of cool diving into their team aspect and some of the stuff they went through as a team and how even though we see all three of them as villains, they they created this sisterly bond. Harley teamed up with anyone is an interesting dynamic. Yes, I she's think. she's the wild card. Yeah, always. <laughs> In any aspect. 
All right, so Gotham City Sirens is an American comic book series that was written by Paul Dini with art by Guillaume March, and it was published by DC Comics. And the term Gotham City Sirens refers to three of the most popular female villains inhabiting Gotham City. Of course, it's Catwoman, Harley Quinn, and Poison Ivy. The first issue of the series was released in June 2009 as a part of the Batman Reborn relaunch of DC's entire line of comic books featuring the Batman. The Gotham City Sirens ran for 26 issues from June of 2009 to August of 2011. It consisted of five main story arcs titled Union, Songs of, Sir of the Sirens, Sister Zero, Strange Fruit, and Division. I can tell you a little bit about some of these. Um, and just, you know, cliff note slash, you know, looking up and just kind of paraphrasing. So I can tell you that in Union, Catwoman is fighting a new villain named Bone Blaster. Mm -hmm. It is revealed she still has physical limitations from her ordeal in Heart of Hush, which Hush cut her heart out, right? <laughs> just straight took her heart from her. And thanks to the Zatanna and, and Batman, she was saved. In the mainstream, don't get enough of Hush. I feel like, you know, he's hinted at, you see him a little bit, you have to follow some of his victims in Arkham City. He has one animated movie called Batman Hush. And he's, you know, you finish up that little bit of Arkham City storyline in Arkham Knight. Those are two video games and one animated movie. But if you really dive into these, this comic book world of Hush, he's a terrible villain, man. Like, he's just as brutal as Joker at times, as Ra's al Ghul, as any of the other rogues. But the problem is, is 99% of the time he looks like Bruce Wayne. Because mm -hmm. it's a childhood friend, Tommy, of Bruce Wayne's. And he has spent his entire life trying to look like Bruce to ruin Bruce. That was one of my favorite uh, side stories on the Arkham Knight game. Yeah. Uh, where you get to go up to Wayne Tower and... He's up yeah. there, and it's like you're looking at Bruce Wayne as yeah. Batman. It's really cool. Even when Lucius uh, Fox here, Mr. Wayne, I thought you were already here. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, God, Tommy's back. Oh, no. <laughs> but it was really good stuff. Uh, we, we get basically the building blocks for the sirens. Uh, kind of they're coming to. Um, and this... Kind of this union storyline ends around Christmas, where the three sirens initially are taking separate holidays. Uh, after Catwoman fights a gang of knife-wielding Santa Clauses who had been attacking people, she joins Dick Grayson and Damian Wayne for Christmas before Damian has the duo leave to catch a murderer. Poison Ivy visits the South American jungles when she pauses her holiday to save a few tourists who stumbled into a drug lord's processing plant. After defeating the drug soldiers, Poison Ivy deduces that she needs to spend time in both the plant and human worlds and returns to Gotham. Harley Quinn visits her dysfunctional family with rocky results. Harley then decides to return home to the Sirens shared Gotham City where the three women spend Christmas together. Aww. I know, so heartwarming. Song of the Sirens is Poison Ivy being framed for murders that have happened on serial arsonists in Robinson Park. After investigating the murders herself, 
she is kidnapped by a renegade police officer who believes her to be the murderer. And she is left in a hole to die without food. Catwoman and Harley Quinn work together to save Poison Ivy and find a corrupt cop and the real murderer alongside James Gordon. So the two of them working with James Gordon to save Poison Ivy and beat a corrupt cop. And find the real murderer of the arsonists. Why not? So she is basically on her deathbed. And Catwoman just gets this brutal, this brilliant idea, this like, maybe this will work, of tossing her into the lake, basically. Because that's what you would do with plants. If they start to die out, you'd give them water. Yeah. And it revives her. So that's a pretty cool story. I'm not finished with that one. That one. Sort of a little day it's mocking there, like, oh, what do we yes. do? Oh, let's just throw it in the river. That'll change. Chuck it, it in the that'll river. Surely it. that'll work. Then we have Sister Zero, which I really have heard less about out of these five. Uh, this is Catwoman is on a private caper trying to discover information on her escaped and mentally unstable sister, Maggie Kyle. Find, she finds the home of a renowned exorcist looking for help in saving her sister. Incorrectly thinking the exorcist is also in league with Selena's cat demon, Maggie kills her and steals her exorcism equipment, discovering a container with a supernatural substance in the guise of an angel. Very paranormal stuff in this story. So it's, it's kind of cool that it's like, in the first one, very team-oriented, all three stories going on at the same time. Song of the Sirens, very Poison Ivy-oriented. Right. Sister Zero, very Catwoman-oriented. Strange Fruit, fruit um, Ivy confesses to Miss Adams that her main reason why she wants to work in Star Labs is that she is looking for a certain chemical that has the ability to grow a forest overnight. In her search, what she encounters is an alien life form, which is an intelligent plant who was captured by the Doctor. Seemingly coming under the plant's control and being promised to be its queen, Ivy aids its escape from the lab. Sounds like uh, they were really uh, watching Little Shop of Horrors. Yes. Yeah. Before this. Yeah. Uh, then we get to Division. Uh, shortly thereafter, all three women feel spurned and neglected by their men of choice, and Harley seeks out Catwoman to console her about her loving Batman making an equivalence to her feelings for Joker. But Catwoman's discontent stirs anger in Harley, who goes to seek out vengeance on her ex-boyfriend. Harley betrays her two friends and breaks into Arkham with the goal of killing the Joker for abusing her as often as he did. Harley ultimately chooses to instead release Joker from his cell, and together the two orchestrate a violent takeover of the facility that results in most of the guards and staff members being killed were taken hostage by the inmates. Harley and the Joker are eventually defeated by Batman and Catwoman, and Harley is last seen being wheeled away, bound in a straitjacket and muzzle. So, this is kind of the... At the end of the this series, um, Batman is basically about to arrest both Ivy and uh, Harley... And Catwoman helps them escape. But the three realize that they love each other. They've been a great team. But it's time to go their separate ways. Right. And the Gotham City Sirens issues ended. Um, 
I know Riddler was very prominent in these some of these stories. Uh, Hush in, has been uh, prominent. It's in Union. Yes, that's the Riddler one, right? Uh, yeah, that's what I was reading. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm gonna I'm gonna see it through. I'm gonna finish it because I'm really interested uh, in it, and I'm enjoying the, the three girls a lot. So. Oh yeah. And and Riddler, come on, love Riddler always. Yeah. So. So as we said, this was shortly set after the events of the Heart of Hush, Batman R.I.P. Final Crisis and Battle for the Cowl storylines, where, as we said, Hush cut out Catwoman's heart, Batman retrieves it, and Zatanna heals her. Uh, However, Catwoman gets her revenge by stealing all of Hush's money and giving it to Gotham's female criminals, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, as well as Holly Robinson, which we've seen in both Dark Knight Rises uh, and some of the animated stuff, a rendition of Holly Robinson... Little girl that runs around with Selena. I don't remember. You don't remember? She's trying to steal Christian Bell's wallet outside the apartment just to get to... He, he fakes the whole thing. Oh, uh, okay. Just so she would bring him to Selena. I do remember yeah. this. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. She, that is a take on Holly Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Wayne is thought to be dead and is replaced by Dick Grayson as Batman. Yes. Uh, the series saw a big success... Wait, 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 wait. Back up, back up. Batman is thought to be dead, and we know he comes back because yeah. he always does. But how did he die this time? This was in Final Crisis. Yes, a Batman, uh, as we know, died from the hands of Darkseid. Yeah, uh, and that's where we get the new Batman, Dick Grayson. Right. Honestly, I I think it's time to see some of this play out in animated movies. Surely they see. will, right? I mean, Surely. Dick did don the cowl and. Uh, What's the one where Batwoman shows up? Bad Blood? Bad Blood. Uh, because he had disappeared and Talia had him captured. You know, Grayson looked pretty good in the cape and cowl. Would it be the same? Would Nightwing becoming Batman truly mean as much as when Robin became Nightwing? In your opinion, you're a big Nightwing guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know because I I haven't read the the that part of the comics where mm-hmm. he's taking up the Batman mantle, but... I don't know. I feel like in most versions of the story, he's pretty resentful of Bruce and that whole thing, uh, even though he continues with his, his own deal in like Bloodhaven mm-hmm. and everything, I feel like he would be resentful of it, but at the same time, he knows why it's necessary. So it's like, I'm doing this because I have to, you know, Yeah. Uh, Gotham has to have Bat- Batman. Yeah. So Because it also it I has don't think to do it with... Be like, a, wow, finally I get to be Batman. The f- Yeah, I'm... I don't think he's jumping for joy. Uh, but the series saw a big success and ended on good terms with the three main characters going their, se- their separate ways. However, in September of 2011, DC rebooted its comic book universe with the New 52 continuity. In the new timeline, the Gotham City Sirens do not exist and are never mentioned as a group. In the new continuity, Catwoman received a new ongoing title written by Judd Winnick and drawn by Gotham City Sirens artist Guillaume March. Harley Quinn was now a member of the revamped Suicide Squad series, and Poison Ivy is featured in the new Birds of Prey. So maybe one day. Yeah, maybe we'll see the Sirens return. Anything can happen. Hello? Ivy? You here? You shouldn't have come here. Oh, come on. You're not seriously going to hold that against me forever, are you? You killed them all! 
They were just flowers, Ivy. I'll buy you some new ones. I know a place that... Hey, don't I know you? I don't think so. Something about that chin. I know. You're Bruce Wayne, the boy billionaire. Sorry to disappoint you, boys. You stick with the brooding. I'll handle the wisecrack. So one thing that we definitely wanted to do with this episode, with talking about the sirens, is also talk a little in detail about these three individual members. Uh, so we can talk a little bit about them individually, and then maybe some of our favorite moments or, or things about these characters, right? Yes. So let's start with Catwoman. Catwoman, uh, she was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane, and she appears in American comic books published by DC Comics, commonly in association with Batman, as we know. Uh, she debuted as the cat in Batman number one, spring 1940. See, I didn't know that she debuted in Batman number one. I didn't realize that she was, you know, no wonder they're paired together. Oh, yeah, they've cool. been around since almost the beginning. It's like Mickey and Minnie. Yeah. She is one of the Dark Knight's most enduring enemies and belongs to the collective of adversaries that make up his rogues gallery. However... The character has also been depicted as an anti-heroine, and she's become Batman's best-known love interest, with many stories depicting their complex love-hate relationship. We've had it in Batman Returns. Mm -hmm. We've had it, uh, definitely, I don't think Dark, it's a uh, spoiler to yeah. say, we've had it in uh, uh, the new Batman movie. The new Batman, movie. yeah. Um, we've had Dark it Knight in Rises. Dark Knight Rises. So. Most animated show. like, And now, in a really serious run, uh, they're married. And there was an old that old Birds of Prey show that WB did yes. years ago. Um, yes, they they, they, they were, were together in that too. Together in that, yeah, yeah. So she's affiliated with uh, the Injustice League, the Sirens, of course, Birds of Prey, Outsiders, the Batman family, and the Justice League. It's really interesting when they started writing her into the league. I know she's in the league during Injustice, the Injustice Two. She's part of Batman Inc. Um, she's in the league in Young Justice Season 3, maybe? All of a sudden she's in the league, if I remember correctly, her and Batwoman. But it's interesting to see her evolution from cat burglar villain to the wife of Batman and part of Batman Incorporated. It's just it's crazy. Uh, she is a master cat burglar. A talented sneak thief, able to crack almost any safe. Moves quietly, talented at hand-to-hand -hand combat, combat, and super athleticism. Now, in the live-action world, we've uh, the original Julie Newmore, Eartha Kitt, and Lee Merriweather were the classic ladies that played Catwoman. In the 90s, we got Michelle Pfeiffer. And even though we like to forget about the movie, we also saw Halle Berry as Catwoman. Sure did. Uh, we then got ha Anne Hathaway, Carmen Bicondova in Gotham, and of course, Zoe Kravitz is the most recent rendition of the live action, the Catwoman. She is not on Twitter, but I posted a tweet today, just and I hashtag Zoe Kravitz because you never know what they see and what they don't see. She doesn't have an official Twitter, and I just gushed because now Zoe Kravitz is my new favorite live action Catwoman. She, the heart, the soul she brought, the, I, I don't know what it is, man. I mean, I haven't felt, like, I didn't feel this way. Obviously, Michelle Pfeiffer was great for what it was. It was the 90s. And looking back, 
before we got Anne Hathaway, I mean, she was probably the best Catwoman, and I think she was even better than Anne Hathaway's, to an extent. But Zoe Kravitz has killed it, she and did. I am she thoroughly looking forward to more from her. Um, I'm not going to talk about all the voice acting legends that have voiced the cat, because there are just so many. Uh, when we do talk about some of the voice acting names uh, for these individual ladies, I do highly recommend you to... All you have to do is type in your Google bar, voice acting for Catwoman. And this list pops up. Just some of the ones I want to talk about. Gray DeLee Griffin has done it the most times at 63. Adrienne Barbeau is our our Catwoman from the Batman animated series days. Um, Eliza Dushku was Batman Year One. That was pretty intriguing to hear her voice. Uh, Julie Newmar did return in as the classic cat in that Adam West Batman animated yeah, I movie. Remember that. that was really cool. Zoe Kravitz actually voiced a version of Catwoman when she was younger. Jennifer Morrison from Once Upon a Time right. has voiced Catwoman. And of course, the most recent is Elizabeth Giles. But before that, one of the last things she did before she passed is yeah. Naya Rivera voiced Catwoman in The Long Halloween. And she was great. But there are still so many names that I didn't highlight. Alex Borstein, yeah. Lois from Family Guy, guys. Now, her Catwoman voice acting credits are for Robot Chicken. But it still counts. It still counts. She still voiced Catwoman. Tress McNally, that's uh, Daisy Duck. It is. It is. I mean, the amount of people that have voiced Catwoman over since the 40s, since she first arrived on the scene, has been crazy. Uh, but as I said, my favorite is definitely Zoe Kravitz now. With a, probably a, a, the Injustice video games being a close second. That Catwoman is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I also loved Naya. Naya was really good. I'm very fond of the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. Yeah. You know, I'm very, I think that's my Catwoman. But, I understand. Uh, the new Catwoman, this uh, yeah. Zoe Kravitz, liked her a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I'm assuming we'll get more of that. We'll oh, see yeah. her again, you know. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. It'd I'm be. looking forward to everything that they're going to do with this new Batman series. I am too, dude. You know, I'm really stoked about it. The stuff we can get in that noir feel that Matt Reeves has brought us, the villains we could get that we probably haven't because they're too noir and, to and be like, in a superhero world. And what kind of spin is he going to mm. take with them? You know, like he did with Riddler. Oh. Now he... I'd be terrified to see what he does with Scarecrow. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. That'd we'll be, see. That'd be, that'd be, be interesting to see what we do. I'm sorry I've been a bad kitty. Fancy meeting you here. Red, you're with them? Your man, Bruce, was supposed to better care for the green. All he's done is remodeled the concrete jungles of Gotham and Metropolis. Where I sit, there's not much difference between him and Superman. Shall we move on to one of your favorites in all of comic books, uh, I believe. Here. We're going to talk about Dr. Pamela Isley, that's Poison Ivy. Partly inspired by the titular character in Nathaniel Hawthorne's short story, Rappuccini's Daughter. Did mm-hmm. I pronounce that correctly? Yeah. Are you sure? Good job. 
Thanks. She was created by writer Robert Kinnear and artist Sheldon Moldoff. She first appeared in Batman number 181 in June of 1966, and she has been affiliated with the Gotham City Sirens, the Birds of Prey, Injustice League, Suicide Squad, and the Justice League United. Now, her only true love interest has been Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. She uh, falsely leads many men, yeah. especially, to believe that she loves them. But no, yes. no, 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 no. She no. does not. She loves Harley. And I think Harley loves her. Well, in her, in their own way. Her other true love is, of course, her plants. Her, yeah, the green. Mother Earth. Maybe Swamp Thing. I don't know. Her and Swamp Thing are kind of kind of yeah. a big thing with that. Like the Earth, the green. So, do they ever interact? They do interact quite a bit, yeah. actually. Um, when he's protecting the green, Swamp Thing's not necessarily a good guy all the time. Right. There's been a lot of times where, like, Constantine, Batman, other heroes have had to, like, dude, I understand what humans are doing is bad. But you can't kill people. I know it sucks what we're doing to the planet, but there's a way that we can do work together. Wasn't there a Swamp Thing show that they did? On yeah, the, they tried. Not so good? Not so good. Did you watch it? No. I, got, I watched the first episode, I think, and was like... I didn't hate it, okay? I thought they could do good stuff, but like after the first episode, they already said, yeah, this is the only season. We're canceling it. Sometimes you uh, take a shot, doesn't work out. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes you miss. Uh, so let's talk a little more about Dr. Isley. Uh, she is a trained botanist and toxicologist with a genius level IQ. She can recreate floral toxins and mind-controlling pheromones. She manipulates plants and plant life. She can regenerate and seduce any male. In the live-action world, we have seen Uma Thurman in 1997's Batman and Robin. In the television series Gotham, we saw Claire Foley as the youngest version, Maggie Geha as the middle version, and Peyton List as the grown-up version. They did really did like an Elsa in Frozen, or a, a Fiona from the... Uh, what is it? Uh, the Broadway version of Shrek. They do that whole scene where it's like little Fiona, middle Fiona, and older Fiona. Yeah. Gotham basically did that with today. Isley. Uh, Peyton List. That's uh, from. She's from Cobra Kai. She is. Yes. She played Poison Ivy. Yeah. She was the oldest per- Poison Ivy in Gotham. After the plants return her to the earth. Oh she's yeah. She's grown up. That's and, right. I remember now. Okay. I and didn't realize that beautiful. Was yeah. Poison uh, Ivy's always beautiful. Oh yeah. In the Arrowverse show, Batwoman, we see her portrayed by Bridget Regan. And it's pretty good. Batwoman is really good. Even though they got rid of Kate Kane and she disappeared and the actress kind of just vanished and there really isn't a whole lot of what happened. Explanation? Yeah. Um, the way they created a whole new Batwoman character, like this Ryan girl just came upon it and like the way she's been thrust into it and her story has just been amazing. So I definitely recommend the it's weird the best Arrowverse shows right now aren't the original Arrowverse shows. It's Superman and Lois and Batwoman are the two best Arrowverse shows happening right now. Flash has stayed too long. Arrow's I'm gone. So, I'm so over Flash, man. The what Legends of Tomorrow is ugh. I hated that one from the start. They canceled Black Lightning. So it's like these are the two best Arrowverse shows Man, right I now. Love, I love The Flash, and I'm going to see it through. Yeah. It's time. It's, it is. It's time. 
they've run out of good ideas, man. The last season was like a chore to get through. It was. So blah. Because I remember your big thing has always been like, school's out. It's on Netflix because it's always one of those quick things that jumps on Netflix once the season's and I binge it and, you know, it's hot out, but, like, I got my time off and you used to be like, I'm excited to do it. I would would sit out on the back porch and, and, you know, uh, watch it on your iPad. Cherry Coke and watch it on my iPad late at night, you know. And now, like, the last two or three seasons, you've been like, I'm just not excited. I have not cared. Like, I wasn't... Invested story, invested at all? No, it's rough, man. And I hate it. I hope they see a good. I hope it comes back. Is this upcoming season the end? They haven't said it's the end. Lord have mercy. Yeah. Uh, In the voice acting world, we have seen her brought to life by voice actresses such as Diane Pershing in the DC animated shows, Piera Coppola in Batman the animated series, Tessa Valeza in the Arkham video games. Ricky Lindholm in Lego Batman and Lake Bell in Harley Quinn's animated show. My all-time favorite, which possibly I think is your all-time favorite, is the Arkham video games. Yes, sir. Poison Ivy. You got me. You got the me. scenes she gets, the way she delivers her lines, just in voice acting, the animation, the storylines with Ivy. She is... The whole character design. It's just, she is sensual, she is sexy... She's probably the deadliest version we've ever seen. She's strong. She's the scariest version of Poison Ivy, definitely. Um, but yeah, uh, Poison Ivy, man. I mean, some of our favorite moments obviously spurned from either the Batman animated series, where she kisses Harvey, is one of the first times you meet Doctor Isley. Mm-hmm. Um, the Arkham video games, and I wouldn't say favorites, but who could forget Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin? As a eight or nine, however year old kid yeah. at the time, I was like, "Yes, Poison Ivy." Yes. Yes. Hi, I'm going to marry Poison Ivy. I, I yes. grow up. I was all about Uma Thurman. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I mean, she did her job. And uh, and, and we'll discuss that. Yes. Or when we yeah, have we, uh, our first ever watch along episode, yeah. when we watch Batman and Robin. Yeah. And I'm excited and dreading it at yeah. the same time. So Juice came up with this idea, and going to interrupt the episode here for a second, to not really, I'm calling it a certain thing, but we're not necessarily saying it's going to be it's what, almost like a, what we think it's ourselves. going to be. We're challenging ourselves with the episode titled The Redemption of Batman and Robin. Maybe like The Redemption of Batman and Robin, question mark. Question mark, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Money. Um, so we're going to do our first ever watch along uh, with the movie. And then we'll do an episode kind of re- thinking of redeeming qualities and stuff like that. And, you know, we'll discuss it. Well, that'll be at a later date. Uh, we're still toying with the thought of, you know, how are we going to do this and not just laugh and yeah. maybe sit in silence and just dumbstruck because we've got to talk. It's an episode. Yeah. But it's like, I hope we're not like how long watching you, a car wreck. How long since you've watched that movie? Since I've watched that movie? Yeah. Um, since Batman Begins came out. And I had an entirely new universe of live-action Batman. So, <laughs> once I saw what Batman live-action could be, 
I stopped watching. Like, I would still watch 89's Batman quite a bit because I love Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Um, and it's it came out the year I was born, and it's special to Mom. The 89 one's very special to Mom for some reason. Um, but, yeah, ever since I started getting glimpses of what live-action Batman could be, once Christopher Nolan introduced us to that world, and then Snyder, and now the Batman, I've never went back and watched them. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think I haven't uh, even taken Maddie through. The last time I watched it was probably uh, in in college, early in college. Yeah, I remember watching it at, at the lake house one time. As I told Lady Freeze when I pulled her plug, this is a one woman show. Tonight. It's going to be cold in Gotham. <laughs> at a, a time when we had campy, chill out, <laughs> campy superheroes, the hockey team from hell. <laughs> Holy hockey team from hell, Batman! As I told Lady Freeze when I pulled her plug, this is a one-woman show. It warns us when trouble's coming, and guides us when trouble's here. Must take a real genius to operate. I don't know about genius. But I do got a PhD. Dinah! Dinah's hobby! You sure came a long way. Uh, as much as we love Poison Ivy, let's move on to the third team member of the Gotham City Sirens. I think now I mean I don't I don't know much, okay. This is just my assumption. And I know what happens when you assume, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Harley Quinn's probably the most popular female character, uh, maybe with the exception of Wonder Woman, in the DC brand. Yeah. Would you I would agree. agree? Is that a fair statement? That's a very fair assessment. Yeah. Wonder okay. Woman is the exception, but I would think they got to be neck and neck as far as popularity and, you know, however you measure such a thing, numbers and yeah. sales of merchandise, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So, Quite possibly. Yeah. Harley Quinn. And she she debuted in our era. Mm-hmm. Our Batman. The we are older series. than Harley Quinn is. We are indeed. So Harley Quinn, Dr. Harleen Francis Quinzel, created by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm. She debuted in the Batman animated series on September 11th, 1992, in the episode Joker's Favor. This year will be her 30th anniversary. Happy birthday, Harley. Wow. Happy birthday, Harley. Her first comic book appearance was a non-canon story in September of 1993, with her first canon comic book story being Batman, colon, Harley Quinn, number one, in October of 1999. Her affiliations have been with Suicide Squad, Gotham City Sirens, Quintets, Secret Six, Justice League of Anarchy, and the Batman Family. And the crazy thing about it is, as much as she plays dumb, she is a trained psychiatrist and expert gymnast. She has enhanced strength and durability. She's been hitting that clanging and banging in the gym. Mm -hmm. Uh, Enhanced stamina and reflexes with an immunity to most toxins. Hmm. I didn't know that one. Yes. She is, as you were saying, she is actually the third top pillar of sales for DC titles behind Superman and Batman. Mm-hmm. Ahead of Wonder Woman, ah. Harley Quinn is the most profitable female character of DC Comics. Hey, and I swear I didn't see that. I know. Because it's my portion. You didn't oh, see it. Of course. Look at you. I know a thing or two sometimes. You do. 
from time to time. Now, our live-action appearances have been very few and far between. Uh, include Mia Sarah played Dr. Harleen Quinzel on TV's Birds of Prey in 2002. In an Arrowverse cameo on the show Arrow, Harley was played by Cassidy Alexa and dubbed by Tara Strong. And, of course, the amazing performance that is Margot Robbie in Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, and The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. And James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, with being in talks for a live-action Gotham City Sirens movie to follow up Birds of Prey. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Oh. And if James Gunn could do it? Okay, money. who do you cast as uh, your... Which which universe is Catwoman do you bring in? You wouldn't bring in... Would you keep Zoe and just say... Or would you cast a whole other Catwoman? I think I'd bring in a, a new Catwoman. To go with that universe, yeah. Harley? I think your Poison Ivy either has to be... Megan Fox, because she's sultry. And can do the seductive stuff. I don't think she'd be great, but... She's... I don't want anything affiliated with Machine Gun Kelly touching my Poison Ivy. That's true. I'm just kidding. Um, Emma Stone has been a front runner for a lot of people's dream cast, but I don't know. She's been in so much nerd culture. I love Emma Stone. Yeah. uh, But I don't don't see that one, to be honest with you. I don't know, man. It'd be be hard to do that. Uh, I know who I would want. Karen Uh, Gillian. I got it. No. Well... Yes, she'd be great. I think that uh, I would uh, cast Isla Fisher. Okay. So you think she'd be more like the, less like Arkham Video Games? More like, I could see her like the uh, the animated series Poison Ivy, like the green. Like One, the, onesie. Yeah, and the long green gloves. Wearing the coat a lot, yeah. caring for plants, long yes. red hair. Like the, you know. Like a uh, doctor, like Doctor Poison. Well, like Ivy. the hairstyle too. Yeah. Like the what? What do you call that genre? Is it like a bob? Not maybe. a bob. Might have been a bob that she wore. Yeah. I'm not up to date on. Like the old. Yeah. You know, like. 50s housewife. 50s, yeah, yeah. That that hairstyle. I think she'd be good. But if you were to do Arkham, I would say. Pinup is what I'm thinking. Pinup. She looks like a the Poison Ivy in the image. She just looks like a pinup. Yeah. Yeah. I could do it. If you're doing Arkham style, I would say probably Karen Gillian. Yeah. Someone very sultry and very seductive. Well, to be honest, Isla Fisher could do that version too. That's true. <laughs> uh, voice acting appearances. The the OG, Arlene Sorkin. Uh, Gray DeLee Griffin has also voiced Harley. And Catwoman. And Catwoman. Hendon Walsh, Megan Strange, Janice Jowd. Laura Bailey, Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate did a Poison Ivy thing? Yes. Which, do we know She which was uh, the Poison Ivy, in, or uh, Harley Quinn in Lego with Galifianakis, I think. Oh, yes, yeah. that's right. I knew that. That's right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Laura Post, uh, Melissa Rauch, Serena Irwin, Margot Rubin, <laughs> Kaylee Cuoco, the animated HBO Max show, who we are not massive fans of The Voice, but the cartoon is pretty good. Uh, Kira Bucklin, Jillian Jacobs, and of course, the GOAT, Tara Strong. Yeah. She has done it the most out of anybody. She is the GOAT at everything. Oh, yeah. To be honest. Yeah, Kelly Cuoco. 
Didn't love it. I don't love the voice. Certainly appreciate her, but not... Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, she's great in Big Bang Theory, and, and she's great in... There's this kind of suspenseful show she's doing on HBO Max. Attendant. Yeah, The Flight Attendant. It's really good. She's great. The cartoon is great. It's funny. There's some really great stuff there. But I don't know. It's just so normal. I guess. It's like... I liked it better the second time I tried it, but I still didn't finish it all the way through. I got like eight yeah. episodes into it. Um, a lot of great stuff in it. You know, the way the Joker wants Scarecrow unmasks Batman as Bruce Wayne. And that whole thing where the Joker's like... He immediately finds out that his arch enemy has been Bruce Wayne the entire time, and then he begins to ask the important questions. Wayne Tech promised me a hovering car last year. Where's my damn electric car, Bruce? <laughs> you know, and like, he could have easily been like, oh, now I know it's Bruce Wayne, so I'm going to kill his enemy. But he's like, no, you promised me an electric car. <laughs> um, and I loved that moment of the animated series where he's like, do you think if I wanted to know who he was, I'd have unmasked him years ago? Mm-hmm. Love the show. Not so much the voice. And that is your Gotham City Sirens. Uh, Our first episode this month of women's celebration. Celebrating the women of nerd culture. Uh, There are a lot of them. And a lot of notable names. And just not enough time in the month of March to talk about them. uh, Under a certain guise. But next week we're going to be switching gears to the wrestling world. Which I'm very excited for. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've been so let down by the product in the last year. That longer, really. longer than that, really. That we just have stopped focusing on talking about wrestling. Yeah. And, on this show. And it's unfortunate because actually this is a really exciting time for the business. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things going on, and you know, like this is the stuff that now I love going back and reading about and watching the documentaries and hearing the conversations about like the nineties stuff and all the backstage Mm -hmm. stuff and everything. And this is the stuff people will be talking about years from now. And we're living through it right now, but we're just kind of about it. And there are moments like the Roman Reigns stuff. I'm loving, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm invested in him. Um, I don't know what they're doing with Rollins, whether he's good or bad or just out there. Um, I definitely, this is one of my least favorite versions of, of Rollins, I think. I think. Uh, especially when he, that night that we were actually at night, that day one or whatever, and he came out in that silver suit, or that and aluminum-like the suit. promo was way too long. Yes. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. we are excited to revisit the topic of wrestling uh, we're going to talk about women's wrestling. Yes. Maybe some of the great uh, uh, women's wrestlers throughout the yeah. course of the history of the business. I guess. Absolutely. And maybe even where it began. There yeah. was an entire Netflix show about where it all began called Glow. Yeah. It might be a good time to, if it's still on there, revisit a little bit. Maybe some mention some names throughout the history and talk about that. Talk about our favorites, obviously, from our generation and today. We can even uh, go back and talk about the, you know, like the 1920s and 30s when there was like it was an attraction that they mm-hmm. would have a couple of women uh, yeah. women's matches and and uh, you know like the May Young stuff. And, yeah, May Young, um, the fabulous Mula. Even though there's a lot of controversy around her, we can maybe touch on that a little bit. But uh, you know, all there's just so much, oh, so yeah. much, and 
especially like today's women's wrestling, so many amazing stars, mm-hmm. uh, so much to talk about. So many, like one of my favorite matches uh, over the last 10 years or so, uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks at NXT TakeOver yeah. um, in Brooklyn. Yeah. The first one, I think. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to go back and watch that. That'd be great. Talk about that. Absolutely. For the episode. Absolutely. Um, so uh, if you want to stay tuned to that, uh, follow us on all social medias. You're going to hear the W5 as we close out this show on 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Uh, we are going to close out with a little bit of exciting news. Uh, we uh, are about to have our first corporate sponsor, I guess. Um, that's pretty exciting. Um, I got uh, the email today to say that in the next uh, couple of days, our stuff will be mailed to us. Uh, and uh, just a huge shout out and a huge thank you to the people at Manscaped. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Very interesting. Um, I can't wait to get the scripts. <laughs> I've been looking forward to that because a lot of the podcasts I listen to are sponsored by Manscaped. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, so thank you very much for, for considering us. We're looking forward to this partnership. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you to all the support that we continue to get. Uh, we have actually, I think, possibly went this entire episode without mentioning something. So hi, Uncle Buck. Um, <laughs> We've at, sure he appreciates that you. way. We uh, at least have mentioned you in every episode of season four so far. <laughs> Hi, Uncle Buck. Uh, see you at rehearsal. Uh, so, thank you all again for tuning in. Uh, have a have a great evening. Stay classy. Be good to yourselves. Be good to others. Uh, our thoughts are still continuing to go out to the Ukraine people. There's not really much we can say, you know, except for uh, our thoughts are with the people of Ukraine, and we hope that. This terrible thing stops, is all we can really say. And uh, but thank you all, thank you nerds. Uh, stay classy and cheers to you. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Thirty and Nerdy podcast, brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Tennessee Legend Distillery, and the Gatlinburg Brewing Company. Thirty and Nerdy podcast is a Bad Cast Company production. Founder of the Council of Nerds. Survive the apocalypse by finding 30 and Nerdy Podcasts along with other amazing shows at podchaser.com. Looking for more on the 30 and Nerdy Podcast? Check out the website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. There you'll find our directory. We're on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere in between. To leave a voicemail, you can go to speakpipe.com slash 30andnerdypod, or you can leave an email, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Until next time, nerd up or shut up. Cheers to you, nerds. Matching insatiable hearts And I knew that One day we'd take this too far 
touch your skin and feel your heart beat next to mine I'm not living if I don't have you at my side I can tell Twin.